All right, we are in week number three of our series, Hark, Songs of Christmas. And we have looked at a few different ones. Hark, the herald angels sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and now, today, joy to the world. But first, I want to read to uh, read for us from the Christmas story, Luke 2. We're going to look at uh, a section here, verse 1 and then 3 through 11. You're welcome to turn to it in your Bibles at home, or the words will be on the screen for you as well. Hear now the word of the Lord. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, he also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there's no room at the inn available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word. So this angel brings this good news of great joy. And the good news of great joy is that Jesus Christ is born. And what a magnificent arrival it was. And yet, it was also such a humble beginning for a king. So humble, in fact, that there was no room for them in the inn. There was no room for the king to arrive. And while the innkeeper may not have known in the busyness of his business and with the busyness in his heart, he turned away the greatest gift of all. But we know the story. We know that this Jesus that was born We know his story, his life story, his ministry, his legacy. When we consider Jesus Christ, we can't help but worship. And so we sing songs such as our song today, Joy to the World, a song that was written originally as a poem, not even based off of the birth of Jesus, but of the second coming of Jesus. And it was based off of Psalm 98. It was written by Isaac Watts in the early 1700s in England. But then it was put partially to tune by Handel of Handel's Messiah's fame. And then many years later, in the mid-1800s, about 150 years later, a man from Boston, so we're over in America now, Lowell Mason, he took the musical bits from Handel and the words from Watts, and he worked them together into the song we know and love today. It's a song that in many ways has kind of become an anthem for the Christmas season. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. Just that first 
verse. It's powerful. It's beautiful. It, it reminds us of the angels singing and that when we sing, we are joining our voices to all of creation, to this majestic uh, cosmic choir to proclaim this most wondrous truth that the Lord has come. Our king is here. But you know, this morning... I wonder, I wonder, today's all about joy. I wonder how easy it is today for us to truly feel that joy, to really bask in that joy today. I wonder how easy it is for us to feel that. You know, here's the thing. I'm one of these people that it just takes the smallest little drop in my bucket for me to go to like 100 on the joy scale, okay? I'm kind of like Buddy the Elf. It just takes one small word of encouragement or one experience or one good thing, and I am filled with joy. And yet, lately, if you're anything like me, I know it's taken a little bit more work for me to get to that same level of joy that I'm used to living at. I think that's been a shared human experience this year. Just takes a little bit more effort. It's a little bit harder to get there. For us to be filled with that sense of joy. You know, we are tired. We're stressed. We're annoyed. We're worn down. Honestly, after this year, it feels like we're a pile of laundry that's been balled up and just went through the spin cycle, and they just tossed us in to the dryer for a tumble. Anyone feel like that? We're worn down. We're worn thin. We're a little bit more wrinkled after this year. The song reminds us. It reminds us of a profound biblical truth, and it is this, that joy is not conditional on our circumstances. It is found in our everlasting God. Where Jesus goes, joy follows, because Jesus is our joy. He's the source of our joy. But if in our hearts we're not sensing that joy as fully, perhaps our hearts have become cluttered with something else. Kind of like that busy, bustling inn in Bethlehem. Other residents have taken up that space that belongs to the joy-bringing king. The song encourages us, though, to let every heart prepare him room. A powerful statement. It implies we have the power to create space in our lives to receive Jesus the King. To prepare, it's, a, it's an action word in which we are the acting agent. So may we prepare room within our hearts for Jesus and his joy. And what a difference a year makes. We're considering this idea of preparing room. Prepare him room. Last year, I used that line from this song, Joy to the World, in our devotions for our congregational meeting. 
Last year, I talked about how the holidays are overstuffed with get-togethers and activities and things to do and all the plans that we often don't leave space for what really matters. But oh, what a difference a year makes. That's not really our struggle this year, is it? Things are a little bit different this year. None of us this year are overstuffed with plans. Most likely, we are overstuffed with a sense of loss and of longing. We aren't overstuffed with travel plans, but with the heaviness and the burden of this year. And yet, where Jesus goes, joy follows. And in Advent, in a season of waiting, of hoping, of longing, of expectancy, I challenge us today to expect joy, to, to, to fill our lives with joy. What these verses in this song reveals to us is that there is joy in the presence of the Lord. As it says in 1 Chronicles 16, the gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. Jesus brings joy wherever he dwells. His joy is present in his dwelling. Imagine with me a moment your heart is a living room, okay? Imagine your heart's like a living room. Picture your living room for a second. Sometimes it's really nice and tidy and it's clean. There's soft and gentle music playing over speakers. The end tables are polished. They're sparkling. Even the windows are shining. There's no toddler fingerprints on them. Other times... Our living rooms look like this weird tornado of laundry, Legos, dust, and glitter blew through. The TV's on way too loud. You can't hear each other. The windows are streaked, and you don't even know what's on them. Tumbleweed of dog hair rolls by. <laughs> In the first instance, the living room's all clean and tidy. When that happens in our lives, that's often because we are expecting company. We prepare, we make space, we put work in to make it spick and span. The second instance is, for some of us, the more day-to-day -day state of life. We aren't expecting anyone. It might not be all that messy, but it's definitely not as put together as if we're expecting company. And quite frankly, we'd likely be embarrassed if we had guests come over and they saw how streaky our windows were and how much laundry we still need to fold. And the song gives us the encouragement to prepare our hearts to receive the joy-bringing king, to invite him in. So if our hearts are like our living room, on our good days, we invite Jesus into a heart that is as clean and prepared and expectant as that first image. That's our hope. That's our desire to expect him and create a space for him and invite him in and be able to fully focus on his presence and not worry about any of the mess that sometimes clutters our heart and our space. Because we were expecting him. There's very little to get in the way 
of his presence being in our hearts. So it's a little easier to feel his joy. But life isn't always filled with good days. So as much as we long to have it all together, have our hearts in the right and ready place to welcome Jesus, sometimes that mess just starts to build up. Maybe we get lazy, or maybe life just simply throws us a curveball, and there's things out of our control that happen that create a buildup of mess in our hearts. But one way or another, that junk starts to pile up. The heartache, the annoyances, the vices, the bad habits, signs of neglection, the pride, the anger, the sadness, the sorrow. And so our hearts start to resemble that very messy living room in which we would be embarrassed if anyone saw its state. In every way, it would appear as though it's not fit to receive a friend, let alone fit for a king. But what does Jesus's arrival show us? God, in his infinite power, could have created space for Jesus to be born in a room or a palace or anywhere he desired or destined, but God, in his goodness, chose to have Jesus born by humble means, by entering the mess of a stable and making it the birthplace of joy. If God is willing to enter into the mess of the world through Jesus' birth, he is willing to enter into the mess in your heart. Invite him in anyway. Is your heart messy? Invite him in anyway. Because wherever Jesus goes, joy follows. To prepare our hearts for Jesus, it's not to clean everything up and wipe everything down, make it all spick and span, and then invite him in. It's to invite him into the mess and ask him to help you clean it all up. Jesus is the best house guest you will ever find. He takes joy in helping us through the mess. God wants nothing more than to have us invite him in anyway and help us clean house. If we invite him in, Jesus will come. He won't turn down your invitation. He will meet you in the mess of your heart. He will transform it because Jesus made your heart fit for a king. He created you in his image. And though sin seeks to corrupt and destroy, when Jesus came into the mess of the world, he took that mess of the world on himself and he buried it in the ground once and for all. There is no place God won't go. There is no mess he won't willingly enter. There is no path he won't walk to draw close to you. And where Jesus goes, joy follows. My brothers and sisters, invite Jesus into your heart today. Is joy a little bit harder to come by right now? 
invite him in anyway? Is it seems so distant to feel that thing called joy? You feel like there's way too much blocking you from being able to see it. Invite Jesus into the mess. Invite him to all the stuff blocking you, and piece by piece, he will pull it away, and his joy will follow after you. You feel like you're a mess? Invite him to the mess. You don't feel joy? Invite him in, because it will come. Jesus desires to be with us in the mess. This year may not be overstuffed with plans, which means perhaps this year we have a better opportunity than most to truly focus on the entire reason for this season anyway. We have been given a gift, my friends, the gift of space, of breathing room, of margin. We can mourn the losses. We can feel them. We can be sad as long as we make room for other things too. So may we use this gift as an opportunity because Jesus Christ came into this world and when he came, he brought with him joy. And it is amazing, amazing. It's a miracle that he came for the sake of the entire world. But it is just as amazing that he came in this world specifically for you. And so this year, may we prepare room for him to enter in, for joy to the world. And not just joy to the world, but joy to you. Because your Lord has come. So may you receive your King. Let your heart prepare him room, and along with heaven and with nature, and our sadness, and our sorrow, and our loss, we will still sing. Because Jesus is here. And where Jesus goes, joy follows. And that, my friends, is good news of great joy for all of us here today. Amen. Let's pray. God, we are deeply, deeply thankful that our joy is not conditional upon our circumstances, but joy is everlasting and it is found in you. We give you thanks, Lord, that in the midst of the muck, we can rejoice all the same. So Lord, this morning, we pray that we will invite you into our hearts, invite you into the mess, invite you into the space, and allow you through your Spirit's power to transform us so that we may feel your joy once again. We offer to you now, Lord, in the silence of our hearts, all those things that are causing us to feel blocked from feeling your joy. All the sadness, all the loss, all the grief, all the anger, all the confusion, we offer it up to you, Lord. Because you are mighty. And you can take our mess and you can make something beautiful out of it. In fact, you created us out of the dust. And you hold this universe together, breath, every breath we take, 
you hold us together. So we give you thanks today, Lord. Restore to us the joy of our salvation this morning as we remember that when you came, you brought your joy, and your joy doesn't recede because you never fade. So may we focus on you this morning and this season, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness, your patience, your compassion. And we pray, come Lord Jesus, into our lives right here, right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we go into this week, a week again guaranteed to have more trouble, it's also a week guaranteed to have opportunities for joy. So it's my prayer that this blessing will fuel you forward to experience that joy today. May the God, may the love of God, the peace of Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the joy of Christmas be with you now and always. Amen.